You've probably heard a lot about the onslaught of bad laws in Virginia that celebrate things totally opposed to God's word. But what's not in the headlines is the fact that there are some terrible policies that haven't become law because Christians held the line or God just intervened. So we want to take a moment to give thanks to our Lord and share with you what's happening. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, our theme this week is being thankful in all circumstances, even in the middle of a really horrible culture war. So let's just start things off by just thinking about some of the things in our lives we're especially thankful for. Victoria, do you want to kick us off here? Sure. Yeah. I was thinking about how thankful I am for my friends. I actually listened to a podcast the other day that was talking about the friends that lifted the man who needed to be healed through the roof to get him to Jesus. And they were just talking about how important it is to have friends that are pushing you closer to Jesus. And I feel like I've been privileged enough to have just those kind of friends. Yeah, I'm thankful for something very similar. As cheesy as it sounds, I'm very thankful that God brought me here to the Family Foundation to work alongside other cultural warriors like you guys. I mean, not everybody is as crazy as we are to want to be on the front lines in this kind of moment, Um, but it does make me think of one of my favorite scenes in the Lord of the Rings movies and the book as well, when Frodo and Sam are talking, and Frodo says to Sam, I'm just glad you're here with me here at the end of all things. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I hope it's not the end of all things, but uh, for sure, we're so grateful that you're here, and I, I can't say enough how much we prayed over that position that God has just answered that prayer in you arriving, so we're thankful too. Well, getting into today's topic, we've been talking a lot about how our policy team at the Family Foundation is literally working day and night to thwart some of this terrible legislation that just keeps steamrolling through. Things like trying to force taxpayer coverage for abortion and legalizing recreational marijuana. I could go on and on. And we spend time on those things for good reason because we want people to know that we need all of your voices. We need every single voice we can muster right now to be speaking up on these issues. But in the midst of all that, it kind of sometimes feels like we don't get a chance to just stop, pause, take a breath, and praise God for the good things that are happening in the middle of all this, or the bad things that aren't happening. Yeah, that's right. There is actually a built-in moment for pause in the General Assembly, which they call crossover. All the bills have to move from their original chamber over to the other chamber. And if they haven't gotten there by now, they're just done for the season. So you can actually take a moment and look back and think, what have been the good things? And actually, sometimes uh, you find that some of the good things that happen are things that actually didn't end up getting introduced that you were expecting that actually didn't arrive. And a big one that I just want to mention is that last year we saw a draft of a constitutional amendment that would enshrine abortion into our Virginia state constitution. And we expected, we prepared, expected it to come. And guess what? They did not introduce it this year. So we are thankful to God for what was not introduced this year. Well, why is that even being discussed as a possible proposal? Aren't they already satisfied with pushing through one of the most sweeping abortion laws in the nation last year? Yeah, they certainly did wipe out pretty much most of our protections around the unborn and around women last year. But the beauty in their mind of a constitutional amendment is it's just that much harder than you can ever roll it back. It's just so much harder of a process. And they know there's a potential for Roe versus Wade to get overturned. And so they're doing everything they can because if that gets overturned, abortion becomes a state's matter. And they want to see that that is protected in the Constitution. It's truly devastating. Well, why do you think liberals dropped what were some of their flagship issues really this year? I mean, do you expect these things to rear their ugly head again? 
Well, I'm very encouraged, particularly that they dropped the constitutional amendment on abortion, and I'll tell you why. I think they knew they couldn't win at the ballot box. I actually think unfettered rights to abortion without any parameters, without any safety protections, is not supported by the people of Virginia, and I think they were unwilling to take that gamble. Another big thing that we can directly thank God for, I think, is that they did not attack our only existing school choice program here in Virginia, right? Yeah, they introduced that last year. We were preparing for that, and they were going to try to dismantle that program, which gives 4,500 children who are in low-income households, they would have been in jeopardy of losing their educational environment because they've now been able to be in private schools as a result of this, and they were thriving. And I, I, we're just so thankful that even with liberals controlling both of our legislature, you know, both had chambers, that they didn't do this. Why do you think they decided not to renew that attack again this year? Well, education is a hot-button subject right now, and there are so many families that are very disheartened with the public schools right now. And so the idea that all these parents that want in-person education that aren't getting in-person education, when you have 4,500 kids that are probably content with their education, the last thing they should do, and I think even they knew, would be to take those scholarships away. Yeah, especially when obviously they've been struggling in the public school system to give parents what they want right now with the in-person. So they, the parents need more education options, not fewer. It's, that's obvious. Yeah, if you cannot satisfy the parents, you've, you, you cannot further disenfranchise the rest. Well, we want to mention one other thing here that we're really thankful for, and that is the death of this effort to have Virginia join states in a compact that would have been a promise to have all, all of our electoral votes go to a presidential candidate who wins the national popular vote. Maybe you can explain that a little bit better, Victoria, but if you can just help us understand why that's a dangerous idea and why it died. Yeah, our founders really had great thoughts when they put together our system, and one of them was that our president shouldn't just be elected by places like California and New York, that every voice should matter in the process, and that's what the purpose of the Electoral College is. And what this bill would have done is just literally nullified that and just said our popular vote is going to decide for Virginia what, what happens, and that, that is just devastating. Well, we are definitely giving God thanks for all of this, that so many of these awful bills are now dead in the water for this session. But I have a question. Considering that liberals have control right now on all three branches of Virginia government, what was really the restraining influence here? Couldn't they have just ran all this through if they wanted? Well, we certainly continue to think that the voices of Virginians, them speaking up, them being part of the process, them emailing their legislators does make a difference. Thanks for tuning in if you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing, you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. Well, one thing I want to make sure we cover on this list of things we're giving thanks for right now is this really terrible so-called workplace discrimination and harassment bill that didn't make it through as well. Yeah, this bill would have paved the way to punish pretty much any private employer or their employees for dissenting over the LGBT ideology that's get pushed on them. Can you explain that a little bit? I mean, how does that work? How do you actually enforce that in the workplace? Well, enforcement was a big question with this bill, but basically what they said is it allowed for any direct or indirect, any verbal or nonverbal conduct on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. And even if this happened outside the workplace, it's called a workplace enforcement bill, but it's actually referencing behavior that could even happen outside the actual place of employment. Wow, that is super broad. And again, I am surprised that with all the power liberals are yielding right now, that something like this died. Now, I'm thankful for that, but what do you think happened in this case where it didn't make it through? Well, we always start with giving credit to God for doing his thing, but we also realize this was a ridiculously broad bill that they knew was going to end up in all sorts of weird litigation because you just can't even get your hands around what the crime was here. 
Now, we've been talking this whole time about proposed laws that were killed or defeated in the state house, but we've also been seeing some victories with people speaking up outside of that realm. Tell us about that. Yeah, one of the victories that we are praising God for is the fact that the sex text hotline that we have been so alarmed about has actually been shut down. Just to review for folks that might not have heard about this, this was where our governor, through his state department, sent postcards, thousands, into the homes of children, inviting teens to anonymously text their questions about sex or gender identity or relationships or whatever it might be into an anonymous third party without their parental knowledge. We were outraged, but but after we sounded the alarm, the exciting thing was watching so many people rise to the the occasion, make their voices heard. And the good news is the state health department has actually announced that it has shut down that postcard program. It's actually dismantled. Now, there's still some controversial web web resources available if you go to their website and so forth uh, that we still want to get shut down. But at least taxpayer dollars are no longer sending postcards soliciting our children to talk to anonymous strangers. And not only that, when they saw how outraged parents were over this and speaking up in huge numbers, it actually resulted in this being debated in the Senate. Yeah, we've had several debates, one in special session, then we had a bill introduced in this General Assembly session. Unfortunately, the bill has been tabled at this point, but it's still a worthy discussion and it's been highlighted and the actual original text line has been shut down. Yeah, and it's worth noting that a couple of liberal senators actually crossed the aisle to defend parents' rights here. Yeah, it's always good when we get bipartisan support on what we think should be very common sense issues. Well, we also saw the power of biblically-minded Virginians speaking up about this transgender school policy. Tell us about that as well. Yeah, listeners have been, they may have heard our alerts and they've been hearing about us talking about this transgender guidelines that were being, that were created through the Department of Education that are supposed to impact every single school district in Virginia. They're all supposed to pass this and they were slated to go into effect February 4th, but there had been this comment period and we had encouraged folks to go and make comments and thousands and thousands did that. In fact, there were basically 9,000 comments and from the looks of it, the way we counted, it looks like it was about two to one against this policy. It was so wonderful to see that, to see parents and concerned citizens just adding their voice to that in a way that made them hit pause on that and have to review the comments. Again, we know this is a battle that's going to play out legally and probably with all the local school boards. But the fact that you as thousands of parents and Virginians demonstrated that, no, you don't have a mandate. You as the governor, the uh, state education department, you do not have a mandate to enforce this on every school with our permission. So I think that was very powerful. Yeah, it's a long process. We're going to keep battling it. Our legal arm is likely to end up in court over this if they actually do implement. But right now that is on hold and we're very thankful. People should be really encouraged that their voice made a difference and that we're not going to give up and we need them to continue alongside of us to be persistent in being faithful and being salt and light in this culture. And I just want to remind everybody that if you want to add your voice to these issues and be part of this movement, You can receive our alerts by just going to familyfoundation.org and signing up for the Speak Up Virginia movement. You can find that again at familyfoundation.org. Well, it's that time again, time for our Inconceivable Moments Award, where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when our cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Many of us probably recall that infamous Nancy Pelosi moment when she said they had to pass a bill to know what was in it. And she was talking about this gargantuan Obamacare legislation that was going to revamp our whole health system. 
But little did we know this Pelosi philosophy might actually start having a trickle-down effect. Yeah, I would have never guessed, but given how much she was mocked for it and everybody heard about that, that it would ever happen again, that somebody would be ridiculous enough to actually make that comment. But we had it happen here in Virginia just a few days ago. Uh, a liberal senator from Arlington, Senator Favola, actually said something pretty similar. And she was talking about a gigantic bill dealing with recreational marijuana. That bill has something like 250 pages or like 11,000 lines. And here she is telling them, don't worry about it, you don't actually have to read it. Because you haven't read the 250-page uh, document, um, I wouldn't let that alone uh, concern you. <laughs> yeah, you can even hear her in that clip just making light of it, kind of scoffing it off, like this is no big deal, when actually we know it's a very big deal. It is going to result in our streets being drastically less safe, more kids going to the emergency center, just to name a few things. Yeah, it's a big deal, and it matters that they read every word. And I'm telling you, this is about whether you can have an opt-in or an opt-out lo locally. This is a big deal, and they need to read every word. So I guess that means this week's Inconceivable definitely has to go to Senator Favola. Absolutely. She earned it. <laughs> well, at least one of the more conservative senators, Tommy Norman from the 3rd District, I think that covers areas like New Kent, Gloucester, King William, he really called her to task on this. Let's take a listen to him. First of all, I've got to say I was shocked when it was referenced the length of the bill and the number of lines and the comment was made don't worry about reading it don't worry about reading it we're going to get it straight that almost is a echo in my mind about what happens in the united states congress and specifically on 15,000 pages on medicaid expansion just vote for it and then you can read it. I pray, I pray, Mr. President, we are not starting to legislate like that in the Commonwealth of Virginia. I can definitely join him in that prayer. Seriously, though, this is why it's such a dangerous trend to think about anybody uh, dealing with marijuana haphazardly, thinking it's funny and not reading the bill. It's super alarming. Yeah, saying you don't have to read the bill, just trust us to pass this big thing, I think that kind of undercuts the whole idea of representative government. If we're going to start encouraging our representatives to just pass mysterious bills without any kind of accountability for what's actually in them, I mean, I guess we're supposed to find out when they start enforcing it on us. Yeah, this is the alarming thing. You want to know that every care and caution is taken when they are reviewing things that affect daily lives every, every day all around Virginia. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time, and don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.